This podcast is presented by Rabbi Parents Munchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, welcome to the Rabbi Parrots podcast. I love talking about soul, specifically talking about how to uncover it, draw from it, be inspired by it, because the soul is so different than the body. The bodily needs are related to survival, and they're related to pleasure, and they're related to essentially being able to express ourselves in the physical. But the things that really get us excited about existence, like love and connection and spirituality and what's beyond just my own survival and my own self-gratification, is there higher levels of pleasure that get to intellect and transcend them? Those ideas really talk to me. And that's why Shabbos is really an inspired conversation, an idea that I love sharing and talking about and, of course, celebrating with my family and community every week is because Shabbos is a day where we uncover a deeper connection to soul and a deeper connection to my internal self-worth versus my external reality. And it's challenging. It's challenging to feel this great internal self-worth, this great dignity that we possess related to the soul, and all it wants to do is to express itself in the world world in a creative way and in a way of making a better place and growth, whereas my body constantly wants to express itself through how it feels as a pleasure edifice or as a survival edifice. And this gets us into trouble of having to have more resources and have more to hold on to, whereas the soul wants more to connect with and more to share. And this Shabbos conversation that we began last week with the podcast of Shabbos as a lucrative way of engaging in the world and there are great ways of relaxing and taking care of oneself that they can go back into the world and then go ahead and really maximize their potential or simply just having a day where you can think about things that are above and beyond the physical and external is a great way to engage the body because the body itself can understand the lucrative message of Shabbos which is simply to rejuvenate or reset which is the word we used last week, the resetting of self. But I'd like to take it to the next level, which is how, do one, how does one prepare for Shabbos? You see, the whole relationship to Shabbos has changed in the world that we live in. In the world of the shtetl, Shabbos was an entirely different experience. It was, an, it was a way to escape the challenges of the shtetl life. So where the shtetl life was super challenging, for a very, very long time, thousands of years. And so within our DNA, we have that challenge that Jewish people deal with. And yet Shabbos was the day where we were able to get out of that and just see the world differently. So even if you wore tattered clothing, you'd save one beautiful shirt for Shabbos, it would change the way you experienced it. And when I think about this nostalgia of like Jewish life and Shabbos being what held people together, kind of like the Echad Ha'am saying of more than we kept Shabbos, Shabbos kept us, I think about Eli Wiesel who maybe spoke about Shabbos in a way that touched me deeper than most. And I'll read from one of Elie Wiesel's books. This book is called Wise Men and Their Tales, where he writes about Shabbos. He writes, One can never speak enough of what Shabbos was like in the shtetl and what it did for its inhabitants. The Shabbos helped people endure the other six days of the week, often gray and dark, heavy with sorrow and anxiety. Hence the waiting for Shabbos, which actually began much earlier, Thursday evening or early Friday morning, the housewives would already be busy preparing the challah, 
gefilte fish, the chalent, the traditional elements of Shabbos meals in the shtetl, the white tablecloth, the white shirt, everything had to be ready and everything was the housewife's responsibility. One easily forgets that we owe the gift of Shabbos to the queen of the home, Shabbos Malka, the Shabbos queen. We couldn't wait for her arrival. I think about his words and feeling his nostalgia of the shtetl, of the specific nature of higher level living. And I think one of the things that stands out to me is the preparation involved. It's not just the moment itself and like, okay, we're going to sit here and try to spiritualize our way towards this inner self-worth. We have to prepare our way for this experience. Anything you do in this world needs a super deep connection to what's going to happen if you wanted to fully integrate in yourself and if you wanted to actually unleash the beauty that's there for you. So it takes a certain amount of discipline to have preparation. Otherwise, you just have anticipation. Anticipation is beautiful. The problem with anticipation is there's anti in it. What What's anti-anticipation? It's where I'm thinking about myself, how I'm going to feel and what I want to have. Whereas preparation involves thinking about what's included in the experience, what I bring to the table and what others are going to be there, etc. So there's this great difference between anticipation and preparation, specifically for Shabbos, and that is to prepare is to integrate the experience that's going to happen into where you're holding now before the experience happened. In other words, you're elongating the experience. You're making it one that brings it into the days of the week. And that is the first real step of seeing the Shabbos goal and how we're going to handle the future where let's say there's more automation and less you know, manual labor. How are we going to get there? It's going to be about elongating Shabbos into other days of the week. So what other people call pre-gaming or foreplay, I will call it just preparation in order for the event to not only go smooth but for the real depth of it to happen and have the maximum amount of time to change from this external reality into our personal self-worth which will enable us to grow and develop as we spoke a little bit about in other subjects of how that works so this this preparing brings us from our native self and and to our native self from this assimilated self that's happening during the week and and ultimately feeds our potential I always found it interesting that the Torah called each day of the week by a number, like day one, day two, essentially like a title, whereas Shabbos always got a name, Shabbat, Shabbos. And the name Shabbos versus the days of the week really tell you something about this, whereas the days of the week represent a side of like title and like based on the external, and Shabbos is about the internal self-worth and a unique name to itself. So this, once again, when we bring Shabbos into the week, essentially we start piercing through the superficiality of the week, and we start making life deeper and more meaningful with this Shabbos recipe. The mystics, if you took notice of some of the words Eli Wiesel said, talking about the Shabbos queen, the mystics love the idea of the Shabbos queen, so much so that the 16th century Kabbalists Rabbi Shlomo Elkabouts wrote a song about this idea called Lecha Dodi. The Lecha Dodi uh, that he wrote was all about the anticipation of the Shabbos queen, like making the space for the royalty of the feminine energy to manifest. And they would take in Shabbos and Svat. They'd go out to the fields and take it in early into Friday, start Shabbos early so they could bring in this energy into the weekday, thus transforming the weekday into a higher level of being. That is what preparation is really all about. It's about uplifting the the, the mundane and bring it into a higher level of, of elevation so we can really experience that in the week. And that's really a microcosm of changing the world, of bringing more spirituality into the world.
So this past week, I did my own form of preparation, which is to prepare some of the wine we're going to drink Shabbos. I went up to the Central Coast with friends of Shira Winery, and and we uh, we made uh, we made uh, wine. And I generally try to serve wine that I played a role in in knowing the vintners, etc. Because I feel like if it's a passion and an attraction of mine to have wine, I should I should you know take part of it. And that connects me to also my great grandfather, whose name is like mine, Parrots Muchkin, and he would make wine in his basement as supplemental income. And I just have this vision of him. There's this like small story of the Rebbe in Brooklyn telling telling uh, some of the Chabad leaders in Montreal to go get Parrots Muchkin and bring him to this meeting. And he said, "Take him the way you find him." And they go to his basement and they find him in uh, with his tzitzis on top of his shirt and uh, his uh, feet uh, you know exposed as he's stomping on grapes and i just like have this image of this hasidic jew my namesake stomping on grapes and uh, and and leaving straight from there to a meeting without cleaning up and i just think of this like being totally absorbed in what you're doing and how you're doing it in wine and how it relates to me. So as soon as I moved to the Bay Area, I looked for wine relationships. And now that I moved to Venice, I have uh, new relationships, which are really beautiful and really inspire me. So I went the other day to make wine and I was involved in, you know, the 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 punching down of the grapes and and uh, watching the press work and taking part in uh, cleaning the barrels whatever it took and now uh, just on a side note you know people ask me all the time about kosher wine like why is it kosher like what makes it special and I think what really kosher is is that somebody who keeps Shabbat makes the wine and from the beginning of its making till the end of its conception has this intentionality of it being for something celebratory Shabbos related like. I went to when I when I first moved to the Bay Area. I went to this gentleman, Benjamin Kranz. He has a winery called Four Gates. The guy makes incredible wine. He's on the top of a mountain in Santa Cruz, and I went to hang out with him. He tore his Achilles, and I went to help him uh, do his old school super manual crush and destemmer and 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 take part in the wine experience with him. And uh, when I went there, I said, what what brings you passion to do your wine? He said, my passion is knowing that Jewish people are going to do Shabbat Kiddush. They're going to make the blessings of Shabbat on this wine. And that really triggered me. Like, you know, I could say that kosher wine is sacrimonial. We used it at the temple. And that's why we only you we believe that wine is so special and so deep and related to soul that we use it for so many of our blessings that we don't want to ever use something that wasn't designed from the beginning to the end with the intention of it being part of this sacred expression. But it's even more for Shabbos with me, whereas Shabbos, like the wine itself, somebody making it, thinking about Shabbos and thinking about what an honor to have my handiwork on people's table that's going to be part of a Shabbos experience that really transformed my understanding of food anytime I ever was called to do like a um, like a mashkiach which essentially means to go to a factory and certify it's kosher people always think like the rabbi goes and blesses it when the rabbi goes and really checks all the ingredients to make sure it's exactly what they say it is every time I go to these places I try to speak to the non-jewish people working there and tell them look I just want to thank you for what you're doing because you're not just working you're essentially really bringing together 
this idea that we're going to be relying on your handiwork and we're going to make blessings on it. And really, you are not just a part of an experience anymore. You're part of like people all over the world making blessings and trying to meditate on this great connection of food, consumption, and energy that we bring into ourselves. So in 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 the conversation of preparing for Shabbos, essentially, we're trying to unleash the spark of the food and of the source and of the prep of what we're doing during the week. And you unleash it and it really doesn't manifest till Shabbos. But what's amazing is, is as it manifests, as it manifests is when you really take in this connection of bringing Shabbos into the week and it transforming the external superficial surface into an edifice of oneness and unity where everything comes together and fit and the pieces fit together. So for us in our time, not in the shtetl, these ideas play out in life with preparation. If you really want to prep, whether it's cooking or cleaning, inviting guests, preparing something to say, in other words, preparing yourself spiritually for a meaningful experience, you want to bring goodness in your life, you have to make yourself available for this. And that is what preparation is. In other words, when people tell you, be the best version of yourself to attract somebody on that level, that requires preparation. You don't just turn on the switch. You have to act a better version of yourself on a more consistent basis for that to happen. So ultimately, since Shabbos is like a date night with our true self, and where we connect to our mission and you start uncovering like what am I here for what is this all about we try to bring it in as early as possible so we can really keep that connection and the way we bring it in is through actual preparation so thank you so much for tuning in I hope you'll join us for a Shabbos soon and for a wonderful meal with our community and maybe even if you want come help prep for the meal and uh, be a part of this experience Otherwise, thank you for tuning in. Feel free to leave back feedback on Apple or send me a message at word at rabbiparrots.com. Thank you, Paladin Studios.